0: Hello and welcome to the CEO Blonde Spot Show, where leaders lead leaders. I'm your host Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Zach Jiwa, who is an investor, serial entrepreneur, and currently starting a new venture called Kingdom Ventures. Where, if you go to food, wine, and God, you can get a feel of one of the ways he's going to use Kingdom Ventures. Anyway, welcome to the show, Zach.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Well, I can see lots of clues why you succeeded in different areas, because earlier on your career, you actually worked for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Then you were the CIO of the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals. You're an advisor with the Texas Health Catalyst, which is, you know, the Dell Medical School at the University of Texas in Austin. But you've also been a co-founder and entrepreneur. You are an investor in restaurants and other companies. So, wow, all those different experiences. And you also worked at Microsoft, right, and Microsoft Health Solutions Group. So you've been in so many different organizations, different sizes, different cultures. But why do you think you've succeeded as a leader?
1: Oh gosh, where do I think I've succeeded? It's a great question. I've succeeded to fail a lot, which, you know, we talk, we talk about failure as, as a path to success. So I think I've succeeded to fail a lot. I think I've succeeded to explore, uh, to be curious. And that's really how I define my career path. It's one out of curiosity, and I think maybe more recent, it's been a career path of, of surrender. But it's a lot of curiosity at the age of 16 or 13, whenever I was mapping out what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be, I could have never guessed that I'd do the things that I've done. They seem luxurious. They seem amazing. Microsoft, you know, working with the White House on healthcare.gov, working for a governor. All of that stuff is cool, but it it only happened because I spoke up at the wrong time or I asked the wrong question that, you know, led to another conversation that led to a job in many cases.
0: Well, you know, this curiosity that you have and willingness to, I guess, you know, make mistakes and learn from them. It seems like it's all been kind of in the area of computer science and healthcare. Were you clear about that early on or did that kind of just naturally evolve too? And, and how much do you think of your success came from being in the, in the right industry or having the right skill set?
1: It's all by accident, forget. You know, I I started college as a double E major. Being an East Texas boy, my dream was to grow up and go get a job working for Texas Instruments or Ross Perot and make $60,000, get married, have two kids and, you know, live a happy life in somewhere on the Dallas Metroplex. That's what my ideal life looked like at, you know, let's call it 18 My father-in-law at the time was dying of cancer and we were in the hospital a lot. And I looked at a broken healthcare system that just didn't work and was discombobulated and lack of coordination, the ability to get schedules and all that. And it was a place that I just naturally gravitated towards. We need to fix this. And kind of at the same time I got married and was finishing my degree, I went to Oklahoma State and I said, can I get a degree in something that doesn't end in engineering? And they they said, well, there's engineering and engineering and engineering and computer science. I said, can I get a business degree? they said, no, you have to start over because you have too much math and science. So I actually have a math minor as well as computer science degree, but it was really the degree that I could get with the least amount of hours, Mm -hmm. which, and then that passion with healthcare led me into actually going to work as a grunt in my my first healthcare tech company. And I found a passion and love for it. I almost went to med school after I finished computer science school, had an offer to go to Columbus State's med school. And I interviewed a bunch of doctors and they were miserable. And Mm -hmm. they said, change healthcare by what you know in, you know, technology better than you could as a physician or surgeon or anything like that.
0: So I can see another tip, which is you do a lot of research and you talk to people, find out what they think. Did you have a leadership mentor along the way, or how did you learn to lead people effectively?
1: Yeah, accidentally. I mean, it goes, really goes back to curiosity. I've always been curious. I would have never called it research. I would have just called it asking questions and mm-hmm. asking questions of people who could answer. You know, I worked very early on with a, with a bunch of surgeons and, and I will say that I had a great experience with the first CEO that I worked for. It didn't quite end as well as I would hope, but he was such a jack of all trades, a great salesperson and very, very empathetic and, and humble. That humility, Mm. uh, you know, just going back to the tips, humility is key in a leader. And he had the funniest isms, you know, I'm just a dumb cluck from Northern Arkansas. What do I know? And like he had close deals with that kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. that humility or even if it's a false humility. And I learned from that just to be humble whenever you're in business and can't say that I've always been the most humble. In fact, I was charged. I had things to accomplish and things that I was going to do. You know, at 45, looking back on my career and thinking about, you know, maybe even the blind spots question is like, I was Zach Jiwa. And I was going to change the world and I was going to change healthcare. And it's so arrogant to think that one person can make such an incredible change. Albeit, I looked at leaders like Steve Jobs and maybe Elon Musk or, you know, Bill Mm -hmm. Gates, whoever you want, whoever you want to idolize it in the mid nineties. And I was like, I can, and I will. So it's great to have that passion, but I probably carried a little bit of arrogance with it as well. But humility, I think is the key in, in what I learned from that first leader.
0: Yes. So then, you know, back to the blind spots, was a moment that you struggled in leading other people?
1: Oh, it, I think it goes back to humility, but I'll I'll never forget. I'll mention his name, and I hope he listens to this podcast. I'll mm-hmm. probably have to send it to him since I'm going to say his name. Joel French. I love you, brother. Joel French was a sales leader, business development leader in healthcare when I worked at Motion Computing. I do seek out mentors. I do seek out people that I look up to and who I want to be like as a leader. And Joel was one of those guys and he's still a dear friend. But at one point in time, I was at motion computing and, you know, I was, you know, Zach energized, Zach. And I was, you know, I talked a lot. Like I had something to say. I had something to interject all the time. And he just looked at me in the most kind and loving way that he could, but it came across as very cutting. And he he just said, Zach, you know, sometimes you just need to shut up and listen. And I was like, man, that hurt, Mm -hmm. but you're right. (laughs) And so, yeah, probably my greatest blind spot in my career that actually probably changed my career is to shut up and listen.
0: Wow. So I can see what a contribution he made to you, right? Because you've done phenomenal thereafter. So then what was the trigger point for you to then now, you know, be so interested in incorporating your faith and starting Kingdom Ventures?
1: Yeah. I think that has a little bit to do with age and reflection. Turning 40 was a big, big thing for me. I don't know if it is for everyone, but you can see it in history. You can see it biblically that, you know, 40 years is, is important. And I got to 40 and I kind of turned around and looked at my career. I think the first thing that I saw was, Zach, you're not Superman. You haven't changed healthcare. And, you know, I've probably incrementally made some marks, but I looked at it also kind of with the, I can only wish to say the the wisdom of Solomon, but that's where my head was. Is like, what's the what's the wisdom here? Everything that I've done feels kind of worthless. Everything that I've done is empty. And I said, what is my mark? What is my purpose? And you know, I think of the Great Commission a lot, and Jesus' Great Commission. And so, in that reflection, I said, you know, I need to think about work as kingdom work and businesses as as my kingdom work. And I'm not a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I have two pastors in my family. I don't want to stand up on stage in a big church and preach the gospel, but the gospel can be shared in business and in your everyday life. You know, sometimes in the secular aspect of it, you have to be careful, but you can live it. Right. And so yeah. that really started when I was 40. And then when I took the sabbatical over the last year, well, I guess what's turned out to be a year and a half, it really came clear to me that the work that I do, no matter in what industry or what I'm doing, must be one of sharing hope and life and love and light and Kingdom Ventures and and Food, Wine, and God, as we've talked about, Kingdom Ventures came from inspiration on my sabbatical that I should go out and raise $490 million to build faith-driven companies, faith-driven businesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you jump into that in April, May of 2023, and you find out really quick that the powder is, is a little dry out there. And through a series of events and conversations, Kingdom Ventures as a venture studio for technology has kind of shifted into perhaps a venture studio for faith-based films and faith-based content, and maybe both. At the end of the day, and that's where Food, Wine, and God came from, which is what I'm working on right now. I hope that I can do this for the next 20, 25, 30 years. And I also hope and pray that Kingdom Ventures becomes funded to the point that we're investing in other faith-based films and we're investing in other faith-driven entrepreneurs, maybe in technology.
0: Yes. So I know how committed you are to that because our mutual friend, Dave Carolyn, who was also a CEO in the tech industry and now, you know, helps other CEOs that are committed to Kingdom work, he said get. you need to have Zach on your show. He is amazing. The experience he's had as a leader and what he's now committed to, everyone should know about Zach. So I'm so glad he connected us. So tell me then, you know, took a sabbatical and now you're coming out of it with Kingdom Ventures, so to speak, but you've been through various crises in your life and a lot of leaders had to deal with COVID, but it seems like every day there's a new crisis. Do you have a tip you could share on how you have made it through crisis?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think everybody wants to talk about COVID because it's the big thing that we just went through. But if we look at crisis, we can look at it, you know, that's more of a macro look at crisis, but look at it, you know, from from the micro and I can think about crises in my life you know, the first crises that I reflect on, and I'll get to the point here, but the first crisis that I can reflect on in my career was being laid off from children's hospital. We had just had our second child. Mm-hmm. And probably two months prior, my wife at the time agreed and decided she was working in the pediatric oncology unit, two babies, they would lose a child every other day or so. And, and just the sadness that swept over her, we, we decided that she was going to not work, right? And I was mm-hmm. going to be the sole breadwinner and caretaker for the family financially. And And then I was laid off and that was devastating in a sense because two kids, no income, what are we going to do? I wasn't really making that much money at the time. God blessed me with an opportunity at motion a month later, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then a year later, I mean, I think it was July 4th or July 3rd that I got the call that they were reducing the workforce and I got laid off again. And within two months out of the blue, Microsoft called me with an offer to move to Seattle. And in those time periods, I remember just being so anxious and nervous and felt like I had to do something. And I can look back at it now. The Lord will always take care of you. He's always there. He's going to lift you up. And Philippians 4, 6 and 7 really talks to me. Even now, whenever I'm anxious, be anxious for nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Matthew 6, 25, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. The crisis lesson for me anyway is just to be at peace. The Lord has a plan for your life. He directs your steps. He's the light for your path. And I think I'm going to add on to this by saying the other thing that is recent in the last 18 months, the last two years is it's okay to rest for 22 years, I was running hard and fast. And even through COVID, COVID changed everything for everybody, right? Working remotely. And I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to rest. And I got to March of 22, recently divorced, tragic loss of kind of family. And I remember the Old Testament, the law of, of the Jews, like the fields lie fallow. I had that immediate fear. What am I going to do? I actually had the financial resources to do whatever I wanted to do for a while. And The word sabbatical just drifted into my, you know, spirit. And I was scared to take a sabbatical. I was, I was nervous to take a whole year off. Like, think about all the money I could be making if I went back to work. Think about all the money that I'm going to spend being on sabbatical, but it's okay to rest. And I think leaders need to know that it's, you know, it's not possible for everyone. And sometimes that rest, maybe it's not a year, but it's okay to rest. And I've coached other men leaders who have worked for me, who have worked alongside me, and I've tried to get them except it's okay to rest. And it's actually hard to watch. I'm looking at you, Howard Durking. <laughs> it's hard to watch people not take a rest or not think it's okay to take a rest. Yeah. And so anyway, Yeah. crisis less. It's okay to rest.
0: Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate that you took the time to invest in this podcast and contributing to other leaders with your insights. And I know you're, you know, in the middle of this new venture and normally I say go to some website, but this is fresh off the press, so to speak. But thank you again for sharing your insights and for being a model of take a rest and get back to contributing thereafter.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, you can go to foodwineandgod.com if you want to check out the the new adventure with the travel show. Um, But we're going to have to raise some funds and I'm excited about that. And with Kingdom Ventures, that's going to take some time, might not be the right economic climate to raise the kind of money that we need to raise. But I'm really looking forward to investing in other entrepreneurs and launching other projects out of Kingdom Ventures for sure.